We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. lovely season but luckily we got a couple months left and uh we're gonna keep grinding it out for you at the dfs podcast i'm your host james seltzer as always with me my man the man the myth the legend mr benny ricciardi what's up brother not much this is this is a tough slate here i'm looking at i mean we got we got it split there's five early games there's seven late games as you point out to me before we came out of the air um <laughs> Pitching, pitching is is really tough today. There's not really a lot of good guys on the mound, and when you get that situation, that also means there's a lot of good spots for bats. I mean, we got a game at Coors with a ten and a half total, but there's like five or six other games with eight and a half, nine run totals as well. So uh, there's a lot of places you can look at for bats here today. I think the key to today is going to be getting your pitching right, and I'm going to be honest, guys, that's not going to be easy. There are really no standout options to me here. Benny, you just so I uh, I'll do it quick. I never I, I don't know why, considering I host a podcast on Thursday mornings, I never mention that I also write the FanDuel uh, plays article over at RotoWire for today. Um, so check that out. But the, the reason I brought it up was my opening line of it was choosing a pitcher is a risky proposition today. There are yeah. a horde of bad pitchers taking the hill and no aces. So yeah. uh, I'm with you, man. It's a tough spot. So let's run through the schedule and then we'll. Help everyone figure out which of those values or, or which pitchers maybe can kind of help them get to the top of the hill today, Ben. All right, we've got a 12-game slate, five-day games, seven night games, a perfect day to split up that early and, uh, and main slate and play two slates today. Uh, starts at 12-10 in Cleveland as Hector Santiago making his first start for the Twins, taking on Mike Clevenger. Uh, righty-lefty battle there, Clevenger the righty. And then we move on to uh, another 12-10 start in Tampa Bay. 
as Kansas City is in town, Ian Kennedy taking on the lefty Drew Smiley. And Smiley, like the fifth or sixth highest priced pitcher or eighth or whatever it is. The point is, it's way too high. Just a symbol of how bad the, uh, the day is or how mediocre. Uh, 1235 start in Cincinnati. Brandon Finnegan, the lefty, taking on Mike Aleek in those Cardinals. Uh, 105 start, uh, kind of a nice pitching matchup here. Early start out in San Francisco. Matt Moore taking on Vince Velasquez, excuse me, in Philadelphia, not in San Francisco. 105 start in San Francisco would be 10.05 Eastern time, so you don't see too many games like that. So, uh, again, in Philly, Giants in Philly uh, at 105. Then the last of the day slate, 1.10 start in Detroit. Jordan Zimmerman makes his return from the disabled list, taking on maybe the most underrated pitcher in the game. And, and it finally seems like people are starting to mention that this year. And Jose Quintana, the lefty. And then we go on to the main slate, 7.05 start in Baltimore, Texas, in town, A.J. Griffin taking on newly acquired Wade Miley for the Orioles. Then we move on to a 705er in Los Angeles, Oakland, in town, Jesse Hahn taking on Ricky Nalasco as Santiago and Nalasco traded for each other and then starting for their new teams the same day. What a, what a wild world we live in, Benny. 705 start <laughs> in New York as Benny's Yankees taking on the uh, Crosstown rival Mets, Bartolo Colon taking on Nathan Ivaldi. A couple of righties doing battle there. And then 7-10 start in Atlanta as we have uh, one of the uglier pitching matchups maybe all season. <laughs> Ryan Vogelsong and his Pirates heading down to take on Tyrell Jenkins and the Braves. Then we move on to the 8-10 start in Houston. J.A. Happ and those Blue Jays in town taking on Mikey Fires. And the Astros, I'm close enough with Mike that I can call him Mikey. We're buddies. Uh, 8.40 start in Colorado. As Benny told you to start your Rockies last night, and he was dead on with that. We'll see if he says it again tonight. Kenta Maeda going for the Dodgers, taking on Tyler Chatwood and the Rocks. And then uh, last game of the night, a 10-10 start out in Seattle. is Drew Pomerantz and the Red Sox hang, uh, head out there to take on the rookie left-hander, Ariel Miranda and the Mariners. All right, Ben, let's jump in. Let's knock out this day slate, early slate first. We've got a couple of early starts. Let's start with that 12-10-1 in Cleveland. Hey, but first of all, we'll jump in, but the Hector Santiago for Ricky Nolasco trade, is that the weirdest trade you've ever seen considering two teams completely out of it? I, I didn't get that trade one bit, <laughs> but then a step further, uh, are you getting any twins in against Clevenger, and uh, are you going to roll Santiago out today? You know, I actually don't hate the trade for Minnesota because Santiago's a little bit younger. You know, Nolasco, we know what he is, and he's probably, you know, a little bit more towards the end of his career, and he basically has no upside. So the trade-wise, I think at least Santiago, he has his ups and downs. He, there's some good things that he does. The biggest problem with him, and the reason why I mention this is because it goes into what I'm looking at with the bats today. He's a guy that has a huge fly ball rate and gives up a lot of home runs. So... You know, I don't know if going to Minnesota really helps him in that situation, but he is a guy that does have some some pretty nasty stuff. The problem is he makes a few too many mistakes and gets hit hit pretty hard. Now, looking at this Cleveland team, you know, Rajay Davis, if he's up there towards the top of the order, which he has been most of the time against lefties, hits left-handed pitching really well. Lindor's not bad against lefties. Napoli absolutely crushes lefties. Jose Ramirez is a guy that nobody ever plays, but is pretty solid, um, you know, switch hitter from both sides of the plate. I actually like this Cleveland offense a little bit. I think they can put some runs up against Santiago today, especially the guys that are kind of home run hitters and have some upside. And then on the other side of this game, you got, uh, you know, Clevenger, basically a guy who, you know, I was looking at his minor league stats. He's about a strikeout per inning. He does have a high fly ball rate allowed as well. And the way that this Minnesota team has been hitting home runs lately 
I mean, you gotta love Max Kepler in this spot. I think you gotta like Miguel Sano, another guy that has home run power. You know, even Brian Dozier leading off, even though it's righty on righty. I'm 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 always willing to pick on guys that are coming up from Triple A that you know don't really have great numbers. So Clevenger is basically a quadruple A pitcher at this point. He hasn't proven he can pitch the major league level. And honestly, he's been solid in the minors. You know, his, his batting average against in triple A is, is pretty low. So it's not like the guy's getting knocked around, but it's a big step when you're stepping up to the majors here. So I like bats on both sides of this game. Yeah, I have very similar thoughts uh, about the trade itself. Totally agree. I, I get it for Minnesota, Santiago. That makes sense. He's actually pitched relatively well, especially at times this year. But in Alaska, to the Angels, I just I didn't get that one bit. But um, back to the game. Uh, agree with pretty much everything you said. I think I'm leaning towards the hitting here. Love the Kepler call. That uh, guy has been hotter than the sun. Uh, he's got a batting 518 Woba and 500 ISO in his last 15 games. Obviously, the seven homers. Um, he's killed right-handed pitching as well, the 417 Woba, 383 ISO on the season. So, um, like you said, Clevenger's mustered a, a 7-7-1 ERA in his 16 innings this year. Certainly seems to be the kind of guy who uh, uh, isn't going to succeed past AAA there, that quad A type of guy. But certainly some offensive options in this one. Let's move on to that other 12-10 start in Tampa, Ben. Uh, it, slightly better looking pitchers, but also two pitchers who have been known to get roughed up at times this year as uh, the Ian Kennedy-led Royals head to town take on Tampa Bay Andrew Smiley. Also, a couple of very unexciting offenses. Uh, what are you what are you kind of doing with this game, Ben? Yeah, this, I mean, here's the deal with these pitchers. You know, Kennedy gives up about the same batting average to right and left-handed bats over the last couple of years, so he's pretty even to both sides of the plate. He does have some strikeout upside, but he also gives up a ton of home runs. Now, Tampa Bay hits a ton of home runs, but a lot of them come against left-handed pitching. They're not as good against righties. So the guys you would be looking at, maybe like a Kiermaier or a Corey Dickerson or a Brad Miller, the lefties, not really guys that I'm all that excited about. I mean, Dickerson has the home run upside maybe for a tournament. You know, Kiermaier, I think, is actually a little bit underrated. I kind of like him. But I don't really love the right-handed bats on Tampa Bay, so I could see why Vegas has a low total there. And then on the other side with Smiley, you know, Smiley's lights out the left-handed bats, which takes, you know, a guy like Eric Hosmer, who's one of the best bats in that KC lineup that's been pretty weak lately anyway, you know, kind of out of play. Luckily for Kansas City, they got Lorenzo Cain back. They got some other right-handed bats, you know, but nobody that really excites me. I mean, Kenji's Morales hits from the right side, Sal Perez. You know, uh, Escobar leading off, um, you know, uh, that, that's really, I mean, I'm like struggling to say names here of right-handed bats because Smiley struggles with these righties. He's another guy who struggles giving up the long ball just like uh, Ian Kennedy does. Both of these guys have high fly ball rates. So, I, I like, I figure that in a good matchup there would be, these are normally two guys that I wouldn't mind targeting against. But like you said, the offenses are just so weak. I mean, Maybe Kane as a one-off on that side. Maybe Dickerson or Kiermaier as a one-off on the other side. You know, Kendry Morales is, is pretty cheap on most sites. But, you know, I, I'm not really excited about putting any of these guys in my roster. Yeah, I feel the same way. And then when you mention those pitchers, that's even more frustrating because, like you said, you'd like to go up against them, but the offense aren't that great. So you consider putting mm. them in. But then you've got Smiley at 8-9 and, and Kennedy at 8-8. Eight, eight, and. It just yeah, seems can. way too high for me, you know, especially when you look at the, and granted, as we discussed, picking the right pitcher is going to be key today because there are no, you know, quote-unquote aces, though I'm sure some people would argue uh, Jose Quintana uh, mm -hmm. is an ace. But, um, you know, 
there aren't any obvious choices, but still, even when you go to 96 with Pomerantz or the 95 with Quintana, those guys, I, I would much rather pay that five, six, seven, or the 200 for Hap or the 300 extra for Velasquez or whatever it is for those guys rather than spend that high a number on a, a Smiley or a Kennedy. I agree there. All right, yep. moving on. Um, 1235 start in Cincy. Mike Leak in the Cardinals in town taking on Brandon Finnegan and the Reds. I, I don't know why, Benny, I hate this game. Like, I just... I know there's advantage to be taken, but it seems like Leak and Finnegan are right in the middle of, of the pitchers available today. Finnegan probably on the lower end. I just don't see where there's a ton of value either in the pitching or the bats. I guess maybe Mike Leak. What, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I like the Cardinals bats way more than I like the Reds bats, and mostly because of, of two reasons. I agree with you. I like Leak a little more than I like Finnegan. Not that I really want to use either one of them, though, but I think Finnegan is, is very hittable. And then the thing that's always the trump card for me, the game is in Cincinnati, which is a great hitter's ballpark, a place that home runs absolutely fly out of. And the ballpen for the Reds is horrendous. So whenever you take the Reds, they got a bad starter who's probably not going to go deep, and then you're going to get a couple innings against a bad bullpen in a really good hitter's park, which is an upgrade for the Cardinals. So that's kind of why I think I'm a little more on the Cardinals' bats. Um, Steven Piscotty, probably top of that list, been just crushing left-handed pitching this year. You know, you can look at guys like Matt Holliday and, and Johnny Peralta, you know, the righties. Molina's not a bad option. You know, Tommy Pham leading off for them is somebody else who, who you can look at, although I got to be honest, there's not a lot of upside with Tommy Pham. I mean, you're, you're basically hoping for a multiple hit game with multiple runs scored, and maybe he gets you a stolen base. You know, if you're hoping for home run upside, he's probably not the guy you're looking at there. But to me, I think the Cardinals' bats is about the only thing I'd look at in this game. I think Leak is an okay pitcher, but not a guy I would use for fantasy. Doesn't have a lot of strikeout upside. Doesn't really pitch deep into the games. And there are a couple bats in the Cincinnati team that can hit him. You know, a guy like Joey Votto. I think Votto, I'm not positive. I got to look. But as of last weekend, was the hottest hitter in baseball since the All-Star break. So, you know, you got a guy that's, that's... Always been a good hitter, high Woba, high ISO score for him. You know, I think he's over 400 Woba from both sides of the plate, like a 280 ISO score uh, since the start of last season. So, you know, Votto's really the one bat on on Cincy that I would probably look at to go up against Leak. Surprised Tommy Pham's name has not become more ubiquitous in the team name department on season long leagues. I've not seen a lot of you know Fam to like you know Fam whatever you want to do is some sort of family joke. Yeah, I have not well, he did. Like I got you, fam. But yeah, he did start the season in the minors, so that might have something to do with it. True, true. He was there last year, though, so I'm I'm still gonna say I'm disappointed with the general team naming public, Benny. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but back to the game. I agree with you. I mean, Mike Leake, what a what a what a annoying guy, though. I mean, like he has back to back sixty point totals on Fanduel with a you know ten strikeout game, eleven strikeout game, and then comes right back with a twelve and an eighteen point total. I mean, it's just yeah. like infuriating but i guess as far as matchups go at 7900 against a crappy cincinnati lineup not the worst play there if you want to maybe make an upside play a couple of much better pitchers going in this one again no aces today but in san francisco taking on philadelphia I keep saying in san francisco even though i am in philadelphia the game too is in philadelphia like me 105 start matt moore making his giants debut taking on Vinny velasquez and those phillies uh, what do you think about this one? Moore's looked pretty good lately and obviously uh, uh, heading to a better 
uh, ballpark at least, and probably a better team, or definitely a better team, but a better defense around him as well. Um, do you like him against the Phillies in this spot? I actually like the Phillies as a sneaky stack here. And I'll tell you why, because they are hitting left-handed pitching much better. And if you remember the other day, I mean, they hung up double digits, I think, on uh, Madison Bumgarner. So if you're going to knock around Madison Bumgarner, Matt Moore is the least of my concerns going up against them. You know, Franco can hit uh, left-handed pitching. Rupp is really good against lefties. Joseph is good against lefties. Um, how do you say it? Althair, the the guy that they brought Al- up. Altair, Aaron Altair. Yeah, Altair has been you know hitting the ball well, especially against left-handed pitching. My man, Hail Caesar Hernandez, up at the top <laughs> of the order right now. This guy was my fa- he was one of my favorite fantasy plays last year because he would either walk or get a hit, steal second base, and then somebody behind him would knock him in, and he was always cheap. So you basically got value from him in one at bat. And you know what? As long as he's up towards the top of the order. It's the same kind of situation. So I like all these right-handed bats. I've never been a big Matt Moore fan. If this game was in San Francisco, I probably wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. But being that it's in Philly, which is a much better hitter's park, I actually like Phillies for a tournament. I don't know if I'd roll them out there in cash, even though I think they could have a... Like, I'm really high on them today, so I I may even have a couple sprinkled in cash. But tournament-wise, especially at the price that these guys are at, I love this Phillies team today. Yeah, I agree for the pricing, especially. <clears throat> Moore's actually been really good the last few outings. Seems like he's putting it together, but um, I, I, I don't like this spot for him. I agree. I, you know, the Phillies, a lot of right-handed bats. They hit lefties well, whether it's Franco, mm-hmm. whether it's Joseph, whether one of my favorites, Cameron Rupp, at only 2,400. Yeah, I, I love Cameron I don't Rupp get today. that, right? I mean, he's got yeah. a 378 Woba and a 257 ISO since June 1. 421 Woba against left-handed left pitching. Yep. I, for 2,400, I, I think he's one of the better plays on the board today. Um, yeah. Obviously, check those lineups and make sure he's in there. And but. You know what? You know what the other thing about Moore is? He's like the third most expensive pitcher or the fourth yes. most expensive pitcher on FanDuel today. I can't, I can't pay that. I know he's been good lately, but... To me, that's just, he's way overpriced. Yes, and we will get to it, but like, I mean, first of all, at 92, I'd rather pay for Vinny Velasquez, even though you know he's not going to go a ton yeah. of innings. I'd rather go for him for 200 cheaper, especially when we like the home team today. And then, I mean, like a guy like Jay Happ is $300 cheaper. Jay Happ has been way better than Matt Moore, like not even mm-hmm. close. So mm-hmm. I- I'm with you, man. Yeah, no, I like I said, I agree. I mean, Moore, you know, to me, he just, he doesn't make sense at this price, and like I said, the Phillies have been hitting well. So I, I don't think I'm going to take – are you taking any San Francisco bats against Velasquez? I, I think I like Velasquez enough to stay away. I agree. And at 92, I don't know if – I like Velasquez in some tournaments maybe. Uh, uh, I just – I think there's upside there. Look, we've seen him throw for 16 strikeouts in a game, right? I mean, yeah. you know, you worry that he won't go a ton of innings. But this Giants offense is far from scary, especially against right-handed pitching. So – yeah, I, I think I would be pretty happy rolling Velasquez out and certainly not rolling some Giants out in my lineup. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm pretty much off the Giants altogether today, but I don't know if I love Velasquez enough to take him against them. Yes, that, that perfect. That's exactly how I feel. So everyone else, listen to exactly what we say. The Giants will go out and score 50 <laughs> runs. Matt Moore's throwing a perfect game. All yeah. right, let's move on, Penny. Let's end out that day slate in Detroit. One then start. As, uh, I mean, in terms of numbers, the... Uh, I guess 
uh, Pomerantz has been pretty good, but Jose Quintana, probably the best pitcher on the board today, at least so far this season. Uh, taking on a guy who hasn't pitched in a little while, Jordan Zimmerman, back from the disabled list. Uh, I usually like to go after guys when they come right off the disabled list, but also hate this White Sox lineup, which has been a theme of our podcast this year. So how are you kind of taking this game here, Ben? I mean, you you basically said it, you know, as, <laughs> much, course, as right? much as I yeah, as much as I would like to target, you know, against Zimmerman, I, I, you know, the Chicago team, if they could hit at all, their pitchers would have some some Cy Young kind of numbers this year because, you know, like you said, Quintana's been good. The, you know, the ERA is kind of low. The whip is kind of low. He's getting strikeouts, you know, but he's not going to get any offense behind them, which also makes him a little risky to me as well, because, you know, on a site like FanDuel where the win is so important. You know, he's a plus 127 underdog at the moment. It's not like he's going up. I know he's a lefty. He's going up against a, a lineup that is literally right-handed from top to bottom. You know, there really aren't a lot of soft spots in this lineup. I mean, Kinsler, Maven, Cabrera, Martinez, uh, you know, Castellanos, Upton. I think J.D. Martinez is even back, too. So if you got he both is. of them in there. Yeah, he I came mean, back in is... style last night at a pinch-hit home run to win the game. Oh, uh, did he? All right, nice. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. There are... You know, the lineup is as strong as it's been all season long, and it's stacked with right-handed bats. You know, I think that there's probably, you know, a better chance that Detroit wins this game, which means if you're taking Quintana and you're paying top dollar for him and you're not getting a win out of it, I don't think he's going to make value for you. So, you know, like I said, I'm completely off of Chicago. I'm not using Zimmerman at all. I understand. I think Quintana's also going to be incredibly highly owned in both cash and tournaments. And I just I don't feel comfortable thinking he's going to get the win. And without that win, I can't see him getting me the you know forty five to fifty five fantasy points I'm going to need to pay off that ninety five hundred dollars salary. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. Uh, and it's a shame because it is the smart play. Quintana is the most consistent, most reliable pitcher available today, and he's not the most expensive. So uh, I think that you know that's usually the type of value that you jump on. Uh, but I, I agree, man, especially in FanDuel where that win is, is just crucial, especially in tournaments. If you want to win a tournament, you're, you're not doing it unless your pitcher is winning the game, as silly as that sounds. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I, and, you know, I, do, I don't like Zimmerman today. I wouldn't want any shares of him. But, again, I don't love that White Sox offense. So, I really feel you. I think this is kind of a tough spot. And I think because of the high ownership, it might make sense to fade Quintana today. And, uh, you know, try and find those other values, whether it's Velasquez or, or we'll get into a Hap or, or someone like that. Yeah. Um, all right, Benny, before we move on to that main slate, let me remind everyone, as I do every day, that MLB season is in full swing, and that means that Daily Fantasy Baseball is back. Go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your players, stay under the salary cap, and sit back tonight and today and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. Uh, it, it, you don't have to worry about injuries. You don't have to worry about a guy in a slump, a, a guy stinking, a dead arm, or any of that stuff, because you pick a new team every day, even partway through the day, like today. I'm going to play the early slate. I'm going to pick a team for that. It's going to be great. And then I'm going to play the main slate. And I'm going to pick a team for that. And I'm going to have different guys. And I'm going to, get to watch different games. And I'm going to get to, you know, just enjoy all of baseball and have a lot of different things on the line. And, and it's it's just a blast. And you can join over 1 million other users who've already won money. It's never too late to join. So come play with me and Benny every day over at Fandle.com. Just go to Fandle.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner to use my code RWPOD to sign up now. Special offer for new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription for a $25 deposit. Again, you must use my code RWPOD for over $60 in value. 
for just $25. Again, don't forget to use my code RWPOD over at FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. 705 start in Baltimore, Benny, is Wade Miley making his Orioles debut, taking on A.J. Griffin and those Rangers. Uh, crappy pitching matchup uh, here, but um, a couple of good offenses. Are you just throwing hitters in here, Benny, or, or do you have a sneaky feel for one of these guys? Yeah, I actually really like the Rangers against Miley in this game. Um, they made a bunch of trades. They got very right-handed with those trades. So, you know, you got Profar, who hits well from the right side, Desmond, Beltran, Beltre. Um, that's going to be tough. That's a tongue twister, those two back-to-back. Uh, Lucroy, you know, so there's five or six right-handed bats here that I think will do well. Miley really struggles with the right-handed bats. Um, you know, it's a big total in this game. It's in Camden Yards, good hitters ballpark. And then, like we talked about last time with A.J. Griffin, he's not a guy that I really like, but, you know, somehow he's been able to magically kind of get it done here. You know, you do have some guys that hit right-handed pitching well on this Baltimore team. You know, Manny Machado, the one that really stands out the most to me. He's really the only guy I think I put in any of my early lineups from the uh, from the Baltimore team is Machado. But I do like a lot of the right-handed bats over there on um, on the Texas side. My only issue with the right-handed bats, the guys I want to use are kind of expensive. You know, Desmond on Fandle is four point four. Beltre um, Beltron, I'm sorry, is four thousand. You know, Beltre's thirty five hundred. So it's not going to be easy to get those guys in. Although I do like Profar, especially if he's leading off again. Only 2.6 on him, which I feel like is, is just way too low. Yeah, I agree. I think Provar has just been consistently, and I know he hasn't been, you know, world-changing or anything, but he's a really good hitter, real pedigree, um, and yet has continued to stay in that 23 to 26. 26 is actually expensive for him the way it's been yeah. going. So um, I think that'll keep going up. I like that call a lot. I'll add one other name against the lefty, uh, Ryan Rua in the mid-twos if he's in the lineup. Um Granted, with all the acquisitions, they might, uh, you know, he's less likely than he would have been before. But I, I would guess he'll still be in the lineup and as a cheap kind of punt play there to add in with a, a more stacked lineup. I don't hate that. But I agree. If I'm uh, I'm targeting hitters, I'm, I'm probably targeting Texas. A.J. Griffin, as, as Benny said, is really tough on right-handed hitters. Um, so if I am going Baltimore's lineup, I'm going to look at a guy like Chris Davis. But, um, again, you know, at 4,000, that's a little high. So... Uh, mm -hmm. I agree with Benny. I think I lean towards the Texas side of this today. All right, Benny, let's move on. The, uh, another 705 start in L.A. is Oakland in town. Jesse Hahn taking on, as mentioned before, New Angel Ricky in Alaska. This is just feels like an ugly game. After all the trades of whoever's – it's like Mike Trout against uh, Stephen Vogt. What a, what a gross game, Benny. Yeah, I mean, you you basically hit the nail on the head. The only guy I'm going to talk about here is Mike Trout. He's the only guy in this game that I would even look at. Both of these pitchers, I think, are pretty bad. So maybe if you want to take a flyer in a tournament and stack up, you know, either one of these teams or maybe even both of these teams together, you can. But I just think this is two bad pitchers going up against two bad offenses. Nothing really stands out to me on either side as stuff that I have to have with the exception of Mike Trout. So for me, the only exposure I'll have in this game at all is to Mike Trout. Yeah, I hate this game. And, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm not even going to comment on it. Moving on. Yeah. 705 start <laughs> in New York, Benny. Let's uh, let's get to your boys, those Yankees, the uh, 
now uh, uh, I'm, I'm stuck, as we discussed yesterday, the trade deadline, reading all these, oh, the Yankees now have a top three farm system stories. I hate all of you. I hate the Yankees. Sorry, Benny. Um, <laughs> let's let's focus on today and not the future as the Yankees build their next, you know, four-time dynasty, whatever. Uh, Bartolo Colon hoping to, to defeat those Yankees today, taking on Nate Eovaldi. Uh, how do you feel about this one, Benny? And uh, we don't need to hear your joy about the trades. Let's stick to today, Benny. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I... I am as much as the Yankees are my favorite team and I watch them at least a couple innings almost every night. I feel like I'm just so off on this team. I mean, I thought Mats was going to absolutely dominate them yesterday and they went out and put up like, you know, a dozen runs against him. I don't know how because you look at this lineup and none of these guys have been hitting all season long. You know, they traded away their best hitter that they had in Beltran. So I don't know how they managed to do it yesterday. They did it against the lefty, which makes even less sense considering that they got all lefties in the lineup and they don't hit lefties well. You know, Bartolo is one of those guys, you know, it looks like you should be able to have a good game against them, but I don't know. So do you want to go with the lefties? I mean, McCann has some upside. He's only 2.5K, which is really, really cheap. Uh, but again, he hasn't really been having a good season. I don't play Teixeira. You know, maybe an Ellsbury or a Gardner, but I feel like there are other guys at that price that I'd much rather have. Neither one of them has a ton of upside. And then even on the other side for the Mets, I mean, who do you like in the Mets lineups? You know, Eovaldi's a guy that struggles with lefties, so maybe Granderson, maybe Bruce, maybe Lonely. But I, I really don't like the bats on either side of this game. I, I, you know, I know the Yankees put up a bunch of runs yesterday, and I feel like I've been wrong on the Subway Series all week so far. I just, I you know, there's nothing here that I don't think I have any of these guys in any of the early lineups I put together, pitchers or hitters on either side of this game. Okay, I just threw up my mouth before saying this, so just give me a second here. But I'm actually recommending James Loney today. I, I don't. Uh, I, it, I, he's probably <laughs> one of the better. No, actually, he's probably one that, of the better. Man? Yeah, he's probably one of the better options. We know we have all these things against left-handed uh, left-handed batters, so he actually makes a little sense to me. But that kind of highlights this game. If the best guy that we could figure out to use is somebody who they picked up two months into the season exactly because the first baseman got hurt it's probably not a game you want a lot of exposure to that's a, and that's literally where it was going and loney and i was being good against lefties 363 Woba and eovaldi as you said stinks against lefties 2800 i actually think he's a really nice play it was my play in my fando article for first base um, I like it, but a perfect endemic of this game. Look, it might be another 7-4 to four or 8-5 to five or whatever type of game, but it's just too hard to know where those numbers are going to come from and how they're going to come about to make any exactly. real definitive plays. So uh, I agree it's kind of a stay away, but I think I would roll Loney out uh, in a few lineups, as, especially cash games. I think he's a pretty low floor uh, play today. All right, Benny, let's move on to the 7-10 start in Atlanta as we have a couple of atrocious pitchers on the hill. Ryan Vogelsong somehow still getting a paycheck uh, in Pittsburgh, taking on Tyrell Jenkins, the youngster who may have a good career down the road, but has not had a good very first season, Benny. Uh, again, a couple of unexciting offenses for the most part, but uh, are you finding some bats in your lineup from this game? Yeah, unlike the other games where there were some bad pitchers that I kind of stayed away from, I think these guys are both garbage, but I think that they're both such garbage that there's a pretty good chance that the offenses might actually do some stuff here. So against Jenkins, I mean, righties and lefties have both been hitting them, but, you know, lefties in the minors had been the way. So maybe a guy like Gregory Polanco, Matt Joyce has been pretty hot. He's still pretty cheap, I think. 
Um, they're probably my two favorite bats on that side. And then on the other side against Vogel Song, um, you know, affectionately called Vogel Dong because of the home runs that he gives up. I think Freddie Freeman is the one guy that really stands out over there. Do not use Matt Kemp. I know everybody's excited that he's on Atlanta now and they have another big bat. Kemp does not hit right-handed pitching well. So to me, the only guy I'm really looking at on that side is Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I uh, I, I don't I, – again, I'm going to recommend another hitter who I friggin' hate owning. But Nick Markakis has actually been pretty hot lately, 415 Wobo over his last 15 games. And uh, Vogel saw the 450 Wobo allowed to left-handed bats. So, uh, yikes. God, I, I felt sad. I, I, I might have to stop doing this podcast, Benny. I just recommended James Loney and Nick Markakis in, uh, in succession, Benny. Well, like I said, this is a – this is a pretty tough day overall because there's a lot of bad pitching. So, you know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, I, there's a lot of guys that are in play in every one of these games. So, it, it, you know, you could see some stuff like that. I feel like this is a good GPP day because there is no safety pitching wise that makes me feel like I want to put a lot of money into cash games today. But there are a lot of different options that a lot of people are going to kind of glaze over that'll be low owned. And if you hit on the right guy or two, it could give you a big day in the tournament. All right, Benny, three games to round it out. 8-10 start, and uh, the pitcher who I like the most today going this one, taking on uh, Toronto in Houston, J.A. Happ on the hill, taking on Mike Fires. Uh, are you a Happ guy today like I am? I like him in tournaments because, you know, we talk about it a lot. This Houston team is hit or miss. They have some guys who just absolutely rake against left-handed pitching. And then they have some other guys who are probably good for three or four strikeouts today. So, you know, I like Springer and I like Altuve on the other side. Those two guys just are just so good against left-handed pitching. But as a team, left-handed pitchers have actually been doing pretty well against this Houston team. So I feel like Hat may give up two or three runs here, probably even a home run or two. But I think he'll get enough strikeouts and do enough that, you know, like you said, on a day where we're struggling to find pitching, I think he has more upside than most. Yeah, that was my thinking. That's why I like Hap so much today. I mean, uh, he's coming off an insanely good July at a 144 ERA, a 232 OBA allowed in July, 34.7 strikeout rate uh, in July as well. So, um, you know, I I like those numbers. And like you said, Houston really is that Jekyll and Hyde team. But for the most part, this season has struggled against left-handed pitching, 312 OBA, 23.5% K rate. Um, so I do think that there's some upside there, and I, I just I hate today's as we discussed the pitching options. I feel like Hap yeah. is there's some some level of sureness there. Like you said, mm-hmm. even if it's two runs, but he could go seven innings, two runs, and and get me eight strikeouts and a win. You know, oh, yeah. so and pay it off pretty easily. Now here's the question for today though for you with Hap. Mm-hmm. You know, tournament, 100% agree with you. He's got yes. a lot of upside. Yes. Would you play him in cash? I Let's put it this way. I would play him more so as a result of the fact that, and I'll probably play less games today because this slate, because as we discussed, I don't love it. Um, but I would, but he wouldn't be my top choice in cash mm-hmm. games. But he is absolutely my number one guy in tournaments. I just think that um, I think he's got the highest upside on the board with the best chance to still win the game. Yeah, that, to be honest with you, that makes perfect sense to me. That's kind of the way I see it, too. And it's kind of one of the reasons why I'm not playing a lot of cash if I play any today. Because, I, you know, I, I just really don't see him as 
as a safe option. Like, if he got lit up for five runs, I wouldn't be shocked. No, but at, at the all. same point in time, if he got me 10Ks, I also wouldn't be shocked. I think that, you know, like we say all the time with Houston, they're, they're a binary outcome team. So I think that there's definitely a chance, and I could see either one of those things happening. So I agree with you for a tournament. Hap, probably my favorite pitcher. I think he's on a lot of the teams that I made already early this morning. But I don't think I would use them in cash. I think that's where I draw the line, which is also why I'm not playing much cash today. Yeah, and which is also just a perfect example of today's slate as a whole, and and also of of you know kind of the way this stuff sometimes works out, which is a uh, which is fun and maddening all at the same time. All right, Ben, mm-hmm. we got two games left on the slate. You were dead on with your Colorado call yesterday. Obviously, it's. Not that hard to say, start your Rockies, but um, you nailed it. You, you know, going up against Brock Stewart, they put up a 12 spot last night. A uh, more difficult matchup tonight, Kenta Maeda and the Dodgers in town, taking on Tyler Chatwood, who's been really good on the road, less good at home. Uh, kind of a, a, a couple of decent pitchers going, though. Are, are you a little more re- uh, reluctant to throw a bunch of Rocky stacks in there, or are you still just going for it? Okay, so now maybe I'm a little bit crazy here, but I actually like Maeda a lot today. 7,500. I know the guy doesn't have a ton of strikeout upside, but one thing that he does is keep the ball down in the zone. He gets a lot of ground balls, and if you remember back earlier in the year, probably his third or fourth start of the season when everybody was like, well, how good is this guy? He's about to get lit up now. He's going into Coors Field. You know, this Japanese guy going to pitch in Coors Field and the American ballpark. And <laughs> and I think he went out and threw like an eight-inning, four-hit shutout or something crazy like that. Yes, so, I had forgotten about that. He brought up, you're absolutely right. That's exactly, I, I own him in season long, so I remember yeah. that's absolutely what happened. He, he kind of profiles as a pitcher that does well in Colorado. You want a guy that throws a lot of ground balls, that keeps the ball on the ground. A guy like a John Gray, a guy like, you know, Kenta Maeda. Also, part of the reason why I was kind of off of the Dodgers yesterday because they were facing a guy. Who pitched yesterday for the Rockies? Was it Anderson, I think? Uh, yes, it was Anderson, yes. Yeah, like Anderson is kind of that way as well. He gets a lot of those ground balls. You know, ground ball pitchers, guys that keep the ball low, guys that throw a sinker and can keep it down are the guys that kind of do all right in course field because the ball doesn't get put up in the air. It doesn't have a chance to carry in that, you know, that thin mountain air. And those are the guys that kind of do well. So I think everybody in their mother after last night is going to be putting Rocky stacks in because they were lower owned than I, than I anticipated them being, which, you know, meant it was a pretty decent night for me having the explosion to him. I actually liked the other way this today. So I like Kenta Maeda as a as a cheap pitching option over on FanDuel at only 7500 and I actually like the Dodgers bats going up against Chatwood way more than I like the Rockies bats going up against Maeda. 100% exactly the same read on this Chatwood. Uh, I think is the reason his numbers are so stark is that he just relies on movement on his pitches. He's more of a, a sinker baller and that doesn't sink the same way in Colorado and he just hasn't been the same at home whereas Maeda is a, a, keeps it down the zone, and, and, and like you said, a, a big-time ground ball pitcher. I actually, um, he's one of my favorite plays of the day. At, at 7,500, it's so hard to roll a, a pitcher in Colorado out there, but for 7,500, it's just such a good deal, and he doesn't, you know, assuming he even pitches okay for, you know, in Colorado, he'll probably earn that number for you. So, um, and and you're, getting, you're getting a $2,000 discount on him, and the Dodgers are favored in this game, too, so... If he gets the win, like he he's basically a guy who's normally nine thousand dollars, and you're getting him for seventy five, so you're getting like a twenty percent discount on him almost. 
and he's got a good chance for the win today. So, I, like I said, you know, it's a tough sleep for pitching. It's not an easy one to navigate, but he, he's really one of my favorite options. Yeah, I agree. And then you look at that Colorado lineup just to throw one more thing on there. Trevor Story now out for the year. Carlos Gonzalez out for a few games with a sprained ankle. So it's not mm-hmm. the, you know, beast Colorado lineup, a couple of big pieces missing. So uh, I'm with you. I think Maeda is a terrific sneaky play today. All right, Benny, uh, last game on the slate, 10-10er. Out in Seattle is Ariel Miranda, the lefty, taking on other lefty. Drew Pomerantz, a little bit better known. What do you think about Miranda? Hasn't looked great so far in the limited amount of innings he's pitched. Uh, And, of course, Pomerantz yet to settle in in Boston. How do you feel about this one? Yeah, I mean, Miranda, for for guys that don't know, he's thrown a couple innings in the majors. He's he's not like a young rookie. He's a 27-year-old, you know, Cuban native. I think he defected over here. He's about 6'2", 190 pounds, throws kind of hard, a little bit of strikeout stuff, but I'm not going to say he's like a big-time strikeout pitcher. And he's going up against such a good Boston offense. I mean, I think Boston's going to knock him around here. I like Betts. I like Bogarts a lot. He's just been crushing left-handed pitching this year. Um, you know, basically, any any of the right-handed bats, I think, are in play. And I don't even hate the lefties here. I know it's not a great ballpark in Seattle, but I'm fine with anybody you want to throw in there on the Red Sox offense from top to bottom. You know, even guys like Sandy Leone and Aaron Hill down there towards the bottom, I think, could be, you know, sneaky, cheap price-saving options for you. And then Pomerantz, I know he got lit up in, a, in that first start, um, you know, facing against San Francisco over in Boston. Seattle's a really good pitcher's park, though, and, and I still think Pomerantz has good stuff. You know, this Seattle team does have some talent. They can score some runs. Against the lefty, you want to look at a guy like Nelson Cruz, you know, like a 430 uh, Woba for him, 350 ISO since the start of last season, is literally one of the best hitters in the league against left-handed pitching. So I think he's got to be in play. Uh, Franklin Gutierrez hits lefties well. You know, you can look at guys like maybe a, a Dejo Lee if you wanted to. Um, I think Pomerantz is going to be all right here today. He's definitely a big favorite, very likely to win this game. Seattle, a pretty good pitcher spark, so... I don't like paying up 96 for him, but I think he is going to wind up being probably one of the top three or four scoring pitchers on the slate. So I like the Red Sox bats. I like Pomerantz, but I wouldn't mind having some exposure to, uh, you know, Nelson Cruz and, and maybe like a Franklin Gutierrez as well. Wow. You pretty much just nailed everything. I don't even need to talk. That's it. <laughs> that's a right of idea. No, that's, I'm, I'm with you, man. Like, I, I, I like all those calls. I love the Bogarts call. Uh, Aaron Hill, I think, even though he's 31, is a sneaky play. He'll definitely be in the lineup with Hanley likely out. Um, so I, I think there's some really good plays there against Miranda, and, and I think Pomerantz will be better. All right, uh, Benny, that's going to do it. This is the Rotowire DFS podcast for Thursday, August 4th. Benny, we'll be back next week, my friend. Yeah, next Wednesday, right? Looking forward to it, man. And obviously, RotoWire will keep you covered every day with the DFS podcast. So, again, this has been the MLB RotoWire DFS podcast for Thursday, August 4th. Good luck. Go out. Win some money.